Welcome to the Voice of the Force, Temple Archives, Comics, TIE Fighter. My name is Noma, and I am joined by my co-host, Dan. Hey, how you doing? Eh, I'm alive. That's always good. And, yeah. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah, right. And Ed. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, so, before we jump into this comic review... Ed, do you mind telling us what the podcast is about and how those lovely listeners can get a hold of us? On Temple Archives, we go over Star Wars canon. That could be anything from books, movies, TV, you name it. We summarize the story for you. We discuss how it relates to legends and canon material. We try to tell you where it fits in the timeline if it doesn't give it away automatically. If you have any questions about this whatsoever, you can find a bunch of answers at voiceoftheforce.com. If you don't find your answers there, feel free to contact us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. If you prefer using social media, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram. You can find us with the handle at voiceforcepod. So any retweets, reposts, anything you see from the pages, give them a like, give them a retweet spread the love everybody sees it you get your question out there and if we can't answer you know maybe somebody on that same site will and then we can have some discussion about that it'd be great but finally don't forget to listen rate review and follow the podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts soundcloud spotify amazon music and all major podcast platforms if you leave a review of five stars it really helps us and our visibility goes up there so that when you recommend it to other people it's even easier for them to find but when you follow us for free, you can get access to the latest episode, latest anything, really, as soon as it releases. And be sure to listen to the outro so you can find out what we'll be covering in the next episode of Temple Archives. Very nicely put, Ed. Now, with that being said, let's head into the reviews. Like we said, this week we're going over Star Wars TIE Fighter, which is a tie-in to Alphabet Squadron. The cover of this book is a lot more detailed than some of the other ones that we see, where we've got a TIE Fighter pilot who uh, might not be living too much longer because of the, it looks like, two different X-Wings that are in his uh, goggle reflections, as well as quite an intense space battle going on behind him. And yeah, it looks really cool. I really like the kind of red lighting of the cockpit that kind of lights him up. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of detail here. So there's a, a lot of really cool kind of space battle explosions and stuff going on behind them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think? I do like the the small detail of like in the background, in the top of his cockpit there, you can see all the TIE <laughs> fighters blowing up the X-Wing. So it's all the like, TIEs behind him that are just coming in. Mm. I believe you might see some B-Wings in there that are alive on the left side there. But for the most part, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I like it. Mm -hmm. And like the detail on his uh, mask and everything, his helmet is really, really nice. Yeah, I like the detail of the ship itself. Um, you can see just because it's the top, right? Because the angle they take the shot from. Mm -hmm. is uh, so the top, you can still see the wiring. <laughs> yeah, you see all the wiring and everything inside. Like Noma said, the red lighting. It just, it doesn't make it seem so cramped in there than what you would believe. Because uh, every, whenever, whenever you hear the description of a TIE fighter, you know, it always seems like they're jam-packed in there. And it's like, no, you've got mm -hmm. room. It's just, 
you feel it's it's so it's open but at the same time it doesn't feel like it because you're in space so it just feels really cramped anyway and i think they do a good job of representing both here like you can feel how claustrophobic it could be but at the same time you know there's space there yeah exactly and uh, yeah we've got a, a whole bunch of people who did especially the cover for this book but yeah, so we've got the author who is jody hauser so the, and then the co- just a heads up mm-hmm. the cover artists i think are for the different covers of the issues oh fair point yeah, yeah. uh but yeah the cover artists are giuseppe Comencoli, elia bonetti and tommy lee edwards i apologize if i butchered any of those pronunciations and the penciler is Roger Antonio. Now that we've done the cover, let's dive into the synopsis. The story follows Shadow Squadron's five members as they run Shakara Nares, aka the Grandmother's operations, to aid in the destruction of the Rebel Alliance. However, Rebels aren't the 204th's only problem as they have to deal with internal and external threats while trying to survive a desperate situation. Non-spoiler time, what did you guys think of these five issues? Ed, what did you think? I had fun. (laughs) I had a lot of fun with these issues. Um, I'm going to say this right off the bat. It's very short. You will Mm. get into it, and you'll love it, and then you'll want more. Hopefully there will be more in some aspect mm-hmm. <laughs> if not take it for what it is it's it's a nice light read and it's it's filler information that's done the right way i will say mm-hmm. you could go through reading the entirety of the alphabet squadron trilogy i guess and not read this and be fine and still get your story but if you want more and you like just the whole aspect of the universe at that point or the galaxy at that point definitely pick this up because it's worth it Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I definitely agree with you there. Where it's, it definitely does feel like filler. And there were a couple things. When we get into the spoilers, I'll talk about it a bit more. There were one or two things that I was a little bit disappointed with. Mm-hmm. But overall, yeah, you're getting a nice look into Shadow Squadron. And yeah, if you've read Alphabet Squadron now, it kind of balances out. You know, the two sides kind of. At least you get to see both of them, so that you kind of you know it's not just faceless grunts on either side. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I was trying to think of another point, but I think that's a that's about all that I've got. Dan, how about you? Yeah, I agree with uh, what you guys are saying that it does feel like filler. Um, I didn't feel connected to the characters at all, really. Uh, even though we saw one of them from another comic series, it was kind of nice to see that. But I mean, honestly, I didn't remember most of the characters' names um, all the way through. I knew what they looked like, but I didn't remember their names. And I, I would say like it's a fun fun read for like the Imperial side of stuff near. Uh, like the episode six kind of timeline but Mm. i would say like if you were to not read this you wouldn't be missing it Mm -hmm. i mean the only thing that i got from it was who is kind of in shadow squadron as we get into alphabet squadron book that's really kind of you just get the other side and know who they are and kind of what they're like but Mm. that's all i really got out of it i mean the, the more the most that i got out of it i think was with the characters that were mentioned in uh alphabet squadron but, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I enjoyed it. It's well like designed. All the ships are really well done. Um, I don't think they took any. I didn't <laughs> see any of the uh, 
pictures you know really badly drawn or the quality gone down or anything like that yeah the quality stays the same throughout exactly exactly and so i feel Mm -hmm. like that really helped me get through because it looked really nice and um i think the thing that most suffered in this one was the story i would say Mm. but yeah it wasn't it wasn't bad yeah you bring up a good point which is the art is like dan was saying it's consistent quality throughout there's a lot of you know i'm sure people can think of you know you see just like an animation there's a lot of times where people can focus on certain panels or certain frames of animation it looks super derpy yeah you know eyes aren't going the right way or all <laughs> of a sudden, yeah all of a sudden they look like melting dolls or things like that but yeah you're right tie fighter it's consistent there there weren't any panels that i saw where i was like oh, oh god yeah like if you're intrigued by the cover of this book you'll be intrigued by the art in the book as well mm. like it's judge the book by its cover kind of for the art at least yeah and and that's something one of the reasons that i think you can tell that it's the art's very good and very consistent is there whenever i was looking at one of the characters i could tell who it was immediately right yeah even though they all are you know different genders and different skin tones and stuff like that it's just you look at a character and you can immediately kind of narrow them down mm-hmm and yeah, I think the, the the art was definitely the you're right the strongest part of this entire thing. But uh, yeah, so I think overall we would all recommend picking up Tie Fighter if you're interested in the extra lore. If uh, you know, like we've all kind of said, if you're only looking for really important stories, this is basically just like an in between. It's it's a nice little summary catch up. Or, you know, not even summary catch-up, just different POV for uh, the backstories of certain members. But, yeah, with that being said, I think we are ready to jump into spoilers. Here is the obligatory spoiler warning from here on out. We're going to be talking about everything in the plot, all the things that happen. And, uh, yeah, if you would like to read TIE Fighter for yourself, we would recommend stopping here and going to take a look at the comics and then coming back. But... With that being said, here's the last spoiler warning, and let's head into the spoiler discussion. So, uh, I'll just really quickly summarize what happens in these books. So, we basically start off with a mission where they're supposed to be escorting or, like, helping another Star Destroyer that they can't get a hold of, and they think it's an attack. They get to the Star Destroyer, they realize that the planet, well, the admiral in charge of the Star Destroyer and the planet he's on have both gone rogue, and he's trying to just make a profit for himself. So a bunch of things end up happening there where they kind of convince the garrison to remain loyal, try to get back to the ship, lose two members there, unfortunately. And then once they've taken the Star Destroyer back, they get another mission with some new recruits where they're supposed to blow up a rebel recruitment base that is as we find out, a GR-75 transport that's just flying around trying to pick up Imperial defectors. And they blow that up, get back to their ship, and then we learn that uh, the Emperor has been killed on the Death Star 2 explosion. And it kind of seems like it should end there, but then we get another scene at the end, which I didn't really understand. We got a scene at the end where the leader of Shadow Squadron is talking with one of the more diehard members of the crew. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that I guess just to start off, I w- I didn't understand. It felt like the same thing, the same problem I had with Lost Stars, where they they have the announcement that the Emperor, you know, is dead and Death Star 2 has been blown up, which also shocked me because they they're dealing with, you know, 
basically Imperial warlords in these comics. And I'm used to seeing Imperial warlords only during Imperial Remnant, you know, post Battle of Endor. Right. So seeing that happening before Battle of Endor was kind of... Maybe they saw it coming, jarring. maybe? I don't know. I guess, it's yeah. It's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird because it sounds like they're already splintering, which... Yeah, yeah exactly. I know I know what you're trying to get at because, like, up until you don't, you don't know the Emperor is dead, so why would you be so dissentive? Mm-hmm. You'd be worried that, like, something's going to happen to you. All you're worried about is your career or advancement or right. your family or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you hear the Emperor is dead, and then it's just like there's those, like, you know, that week of panic, and then the plans start forming to how you're going to take over and what you're going to do. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you always expect it after the fact. If they were already to the point in this story, anyway, if they're already to the point where it's just like, yeah, they're splintering, they're going off, it's just like that empire was, we know it was doomed to fail, but it's like, this is, mm. this is like glaring at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's a, it's a weakness I wasn't expecting to see. Um, But yeah, so I, I feel like when they were doing that announcement where it's like, you know, Emperor has been killed, Death Star 2 has exploded, you know, that would have been a fine place to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get this weird epilogue where... Uh, we've got the lieutenant commander, uh, Bruce, talking with the Gila and doing this weird kind of talk while they're doing target practice. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, OK, so there's going to be a big plot point here. And then there isn't. And the comic ends. And I'm like, wait, I what? Why? I think what? the reason why they did it is because for every issue that happened in this uh, comic, they did mm-hmm. like at the end, they did like an epilogue for each character that's on the crew. Mm. So like you get one with um, uh, I think Zen, you get one with Gila, Lighten, and Ganem, and then Tesla yeah, Bruce a little bit except for him. Um, Bruce a little tiny bit with his like uh, talking with Soren Keys. Mm. I think that's what it was, and for for me it was like um, Gila is the one I think you're talking about at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, Gila. She reminds me of like the Kairos of Shadow Squadron. She's like super brutal, super mm-hmm. like like um aggressive when it comes to in her like flight or in you know combat like hand-to-hand combat so. yeah she's she's a toned down version of von reg basically yeah, yeah sure <laughs> a realistic version Squadrons. of von reg really yeah every time you say von reg i always somebody... go back to star wars resistance because there's a von reg in there <laughs> he's the guy with the red tie uh but the the other thing that kind of surprised me well actually because you just said everyone gets a backstory i don't think gila does though Gila does at the end of this book. Yeah. Not a backstory, but it's more like a, it's like an epilogue talking thing. Yeah. She goes over Mm. a bit about her past and why she's there. I know it's, it's not much, but. And I I don't know if I was the only person who, who thought this, but as soon as she started going through her backstory of, oh, you know, I, I'm like, everyone kind of thinks I'm too uptight and this isn't the first question I'm being reassigned to. And, you know, people have problems with me. I, I just immediately kind of connected her in my head with a SWOTOR companion. Granted, I've never even played this story. I've just seen the scenes. <laughs> yeah. But I, as she was talking, I was like, oh, so you're just, what, future Alara Dorn? I... <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh... just kinda see, it kind of seemed like that same kind of parallel where it's just like, ah, oh, these two are too good at their jobs, so nobody likes them. Or, you know, in, in Alara's case, Alina? Alara? I can't remember. Alara, yeah. Yeah, in, in Alara's case, it's also, well, it's an Imperial on the on uh, the Alliance's side, or the Republic side. See, and that... Yeah, like, I see, Gila for the Empire is what she should be. So mm. I think the fact that she was bounced around so much just goes to show how far they've gone from what they were supposed to be. 
by that point. Yeah, I could see that. Um, because in Alara's case, she just didn't like what the Empire was doing at that time. But can you imagine if, like, somebody... It, it's so glaring when you see how much the Imperials look at, like, rules and regulations and then how lax the Republic is about it. Like, if you had some an officer who met somewhere in the middle, they'd be exemplary mm-hmm. on either... Well, more to the Republic side still because they know more than basically everybody in the room at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you still wouldn't be so condescending to, like, show it off and stuff. So I think... Yeah, like, Gila, it's unfortunate she's been bounced around like that because I feel like she should have been a benefit to any squad she was in. Without question. I think the reason why Gila was bounced around so much and she found her place in Shadowing is because Shadowing is so different from all the other squadrons. This is, like, it's almost like the the bad patch of, you know, the Thai squadrons in the Empire. Like, it's its own thing. They do strikes uh, and they do, you know, missions that not any other squadron can do. And they Mm -hmm. do it effectively right and i think that's where gila comes in like she is kind of that i'm gonna go in and get shit done and whatever happens happens but i'm gonna get it done mm-hmm. kind of character which is why i think she fits well with shadow wing yeah that makes sense there there were a couple things because i mean dan you mentioned this earlier where it feels like the plot is the weakest element mm-hmm. and yeah there definitely were a couple of things that I don't really know how to say this because it, it's not that it's done badly. It's just I don't. I feel like there's not enough time in five issues to really hit a lot of the points that they could have. Yeah. Strongly. Um, like we talked about this before the podcast a little bit, but in in my case, I saw both of the deaths in this comic coming well before they happened. Because uh, you know we get two. We get uh, Litton Dre who or Litton Dre who's from, and they do mention this in the comic, he's from Solo, which I haven't read, Solo, Imperial yeah. Cadet, and Zin Gra. And in both cases, <clears throat> they kind of hit you with cliches beforehand. You know, Litten, the issue before he he dies, we get really heartfelt backstory with him and his brother talking about, oh, man, I love my family. Aren't they the best? Man, I can't wait to get home from this war. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, well, I'm just going to write You're not going already. home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then the second one, it was it was a little tiny bit of a surprise, but I kind of knew it was coming because we get Zin Gra, and they are really playing up her and uh, Ganem Kaihi's relationship during the first few issues of the comic, and yeah. and just w- reading it, I'm going, so one of you is not making it out of here. Yeah, yeah. And then you <laughs> see her with the the transmitter for the rebels. And you're like, yeah, it's yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. And I was just, yeah, exactly. It was like I'm pretty sure I know how this ends. Yeah, because but, the way. That- the way they sell that to you is constantly just like, oh, Ganem's constantly talking. Oh, Imperial mm-hmm. Town's going to drag him away. No, no. And then they're like, oh, see, but no, we got Zinn instead. It's just like, the, no, we, we figured one of them. So, yeah, yeah. The the one thing I will say with that, though, is after uh, Zinn's death, and then we, we learn from that that ISB was already catching on to the fact that she was a sympathizer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I did really enjoy the conversation they have afterwards where you know um, with grandmother yeah when arrest is like nah she was a traitor and ganem's like no she wasn't and then we get kind of the middle ground where bruce is going i mean who knows maybe she was trying to be a double agent maybe you know maybe she was actually a traitor but it's possible that she could have been trying to help us yeah and and get enough information until she could have told isb and i, I thought that at least you know that was a nice kind of humanizing conflict yeah it wasn't just it's like she's very... a traitor 100 percent yeah. It's very level-headed, 
Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's just like, what the fuck does it matter now? She's dead. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, yeah, she's gone. Okay. What was she doing? Don't care. Imperial Silence was on it? Yeah. Is he basically saying, like, let's get on with the actual mission at I'm that point? I'm super surprised since everybody knew mm-hmm. that Ganem and Zinn were, like, together. I am super mm-hmm. surprised that we didn't get a scene where he was, like, in sort of, like, a being evaluated for, like, flight worthiness mm-hmm. for a bit. Because he just they just throw him back out there, and he's about to go kill himself to destroy this, uh, the G, GC, whatever it is. The GR-70, yeah. GR-70, yeah. And uh, they're like, no, we need you. Like, we need to do this the right way. And... Uh, I thought that was really interesting that they didn't like do anything like that. Like I feel like that should have been there because last thing I want is a person that is not in the right mind to fly with them. Well, um, Tesso Breach said it right there, right? Because he goes out after the meeting and he thanks yeah. him for speaking up, and he's just mm. like, "Nah, if it was up to me right now, you wouldn't be part of this squadron. You already, yeah, like you were saying, you're already too close." And because you were so close with the traitor, everybody's going to be looking at you and intelligence is going to look at you and be like, okay, well, you must be one too. Or, yeah, like you said, re-examined, re-evaluated, hell, interrogated exactly. at that point, right? Mm. So from there, it's just like, yeah, you're lucky that we're on such tight strings and the fact that they have to get cadets to join the, the squadron is like, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. Like, if we weren't doing this, oh, you'd, you'd be out of the 204th at least or you'd be out of shadowing, so... Yeah, and and that was another reason I just kind of assumed this was during Imperial Remnant time is, yeah, after the two deaths, we get their replacements, which are, yeah, like I'd said, two cadets. And in my head, as soon as they joined up, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Imperial, because the instructor says, like, oh, the entire class has been upgraded to, you know, um, graduation, and and you're all being put into service, even even if you're ready or not. Mm-hmm. And in my head, immediately when I said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's Imperial Remnant. They're desperate, obviously, right? You know, these are these are pilots that should have had another year or two to to study, and yeah. then they'd get put in. And then at the end of the book, I go, "Oh wait, uh, what? They were already doing this badly pre-Endor, because with especially and that line is so important pre-Endor, mm-hmm. because and and even the Republic, he says it so many times, just like we weren't ready to win." Mm. which naturally leads to tell you that like yeah empire is strong everywhere like you may have been hitting them here and there but your big your big move was death star 2 and knocking mm. them down after that you've got to go around cleaning up because they're still all over the place so how are they in such dire straits at this point where they're just blowing people they would just been like oh yeah every two of the best class can go you'd mm-hmm. think that would make more sense if you weren't struggling so much yeah yeah it's very strange yeah, and it's just, it's another thing where I feel it's just they should have kept that part of Expanded Universe or yeah. Legends. Because in Legends, you know, Remnant makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, you shattered the Death Star and the Emperor is dead, but it's not like the Empire just falls apart. Exactly. And now it's, it's yeah, and, and so you we get this nice timeline of, well, not nice, it's it's all over the place, but a more concise timeline of you know, watching Imperial Remnant happen and everything collapse and the warlords and all this stuff going on. And with the current route that they're doing, it just, it feels all over the place. You know, sometimes they're, they're amazing. And it's this, Oh, you know, um, they're, they're just as powerful as they were before they get shattered at Jakku. And then on the other hand, it's, Oh, everything's in tatters and we can't get ourselves to, to do anything. And it's the same problem that I have with episode seven and eight where it's, or, I guess more episode seven because they just they never establish anything. Yeah. And they still don't in this. It's just, oh, yeah, the Empire stretched thin. It's like, yeah, but I don't understand 
what that How... concept is. Exactly. Like, what is thin? I'm gonna yeah, make... it's just, it's super nebulous. I'm going to make a One Piece reference here because it makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, this guy, the, what's his name? His name is Flight and, no, that's not that name. Uh, Admiral Gratlow is the guy that is like the, you know, the remnant guy that's like selling stuff to the rebels. Yeah, the uh, he reminds me of the Marine from um, Arlong Park. Oh, my, Nezumi. yeah, Nezumi. <laughs> yeah, he's just like selling stuff or like, you know, paying off, getting paid off by uh, Arlong. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is literally what this guy is. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, smart plan, though, to get down to the surface, though. Good. Yeah, he'd be making good money. But I mean, he's definitely a traitor to the Empire. And his people didn't obviously have a loyalty to him if they switched so fast. Right. Oh no! I, mean, I was so I was. That's what I was proud of. Are you kidding me? Them getting down to the surface and being just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, no. And the other stormtrooper just like, no, no. Hey, it's almost here. Like we're fine. We're fine. It's like, <laughs> we're nah. yeah. yeah. It's like nah. Blast him in the leg. Yeah. yeah. I was so ready for him in the next panel to just be dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. just to sell that. But it was like, oh no, he's just very badly wounded. He's holding his leg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was, there was funny when they go up to space and all these TIE fighters come at them like, oh no. And they're like, we're with you, Shadow Wing. And I was like, yeah, we the, fly for the This Empire. guy has no loyalty at all. This, like, mm -hmm. they have no loyalty to this commander or this admiral. And like, yeah. He did it to himself. He sold out, and not That's just saying, to pirates yeah. or anybody, to New Republic. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if you were just sitting well, this in is like, the rebel still, I guess, at this point. Mm hmm even worse yeah then, yeah right yeah, yeah. because it's just like yeah you're sitting around the officers continue and you don't even care what's going on until you hear he's selling to who now he's dead i don't care what was he, he selling yeah. do we know i think he was just selling the the resources from the planet oh okay but i don't yeah i don't think they're ever super clear about it although the other, the other line i thought was hilarious is you know when, the, when they're showing when they're having the showdown with the stormtroopers and uh they're like you know we knocked out the stormtroopers on the way here. Yeah. We could have killed them very easily. They like, did. Gila shivs one of them. In the neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's that how they get by, dead. you know? She's tapping them in the neck. That's how they get by. They have to lie to these people to, you know, get the hell out of there. Yeah. But that was I hilarious. Mean, I, yeah. I had a mental slip during that because I thought they were actually, like, attacking rebels that are dressed up in trooper armor. They say that, yeah. That, they weren't sure. Yeah, because at that point, I was just like, yeah, no, they're rebels. Like, go ahead and kill them. Like, they're they're stealing your stuff. Yeah, go get them. And then we see the Imperial Admiral. I was like, uh, oh, no. Yeah, this is actually uh, an Imperial remnant or yeah. like an Imperial warlord of some sort. Mm. But we I also... I was hoping it wasn't. The one thing I would say is we also, like, to the to the point of this guy and his, you know, scenario and everything that he got himself into, um, throughout Star Wars, we see that there's a lot of Imperials that are corrupt and they are abusing their power. Like, mm. um... Oh God! What book was that? Aftermath. Like there was, you know, stuff in there with some Imperials that were corrupt as well. Um, kind of similar thing where they're trying to make money on the side and do these like dark CD things as well. And mm. so I can I can lend credence to this. It just seemed like when you like when he's dealing with rebels and selling stuff to the rebels, that's mm. where I was like, okay, this feels more like after Episode Six, after DS Two died, like explodes, mm. right? That's where exactly. he's his ideas start to fall apart is when it's the rebels that he's trading with like if mm -hmm. I, I could see it if he was trading with the pirates or you know like the yeah, hut cartel yeah. or or something like that yeah block on or something yeah this is this is the part of the whole star wars story that i i don't understand because it, at this point it's just bad guys being bad because bad guys mm. because to me it would make it would have such a heavier impact and make way more sense 
if the rebels were trading with like tri more corrupt rebel generals. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, you know, we're here to fight for the empire, everything like that. But look at the size and the sheer force. You have to get a lot of people just based on faith. I can, I mm -hmm. bet if you're just filling your numbers, there's going to be people who are just like, I'm here to help, but I'm like, I'm out for myself. Yeah. And like more, more Han Solo types that are just exactly. trying yeah, to get yeah. money and cut because you want to get away from all of this as fast as possible. If things go tits up, you know you've got your out, right? Because things are heavily skewed in that favor. Again, I go back to the point of we weren't prepared to win. We thought this would go on for a longer amount of time, all that. You know, you need people. You Everybody just coming through and it's just like, hey, yeah, we're going to do good things. That lasts about a week. And then you get people like Will and people who are just like, oh, I'm tired. I want to go home. Mm -hmm. It's nonsense, right? So you feel like you get more people trying to find ways out and try to help themselves or their families or whatever. Meanwhile, with the Imperials, you have ISB breathing down your neck. You have loyalists breathing down your neck. You have everybody on board who can call you out and rat you out for stuff. And you still want... you got to be either really bold, really hard-headed to think you're going to get away with anything like that in the Empire. Look at how many people Thrawn had to chase down. You'll get to that, Noma. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. But... <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that happens. It's just like every time you guys get caught, stop. You're in, <laughs> you are in the worst position to be double dealing anybody. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, exa exactly. Oh yeah, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm pretty much done. Okay, I was gonna say exactly to that point. Yeah, that's why, in my head, that's always why the rebels worked with smugglers like Han Solo or you know expanded or legends, you know Talon Card and stuff like that, because you are the underdog, right? You need resources to win at whatever cost so you're right it's weird to see it always kind of played in the opposite direction mm -hmm. the the one thing kind of jumping back it, that i was also impressed with was there's certain times where a character says it has like one little moment that mm -hmm. makes me like them a lot and gila was a really vanilla character to me mm -hmm. right up until they do the prison break and you know, while uh, Bruce is talking, she's just pulling out all these weapons. Yeah, nice. She's got like, yeah, she's got this baton, and then she pulls out a blaster, and then she cuts her, her cuffs with a knife, and then just her looking at the squad and going, "I apologize that I didn't bring enough weapons for everyone." Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just that moment. I was like, "All right, I like you as a yeah, character now." She's funny. <laughs> I feel like that's what that's... Kairos would do if she would talk <laughs> more. Yeah, but see, that's the exemplary imperial. You feel like, just, you know, ready for everything. You're not special ops. You don't have to be. But mm. at least you have your training set. You know what you need to do. You're not getting caught and you're bumbling along like, oh, no. Like, Imperial training is supposed to be hardcore. You mm. should have all this ready to go. Like, you expect Rebels to know this. Just somebody might know it and pass it along. And then this mm. question passes it along. But the Imperial is like, no, all of you should have this in your wheelhouse. So the fact that Gila was the only one doing it, and even with everything else, it's like conversation. What's that? What's the job? What's the mission? Mm -hmm. What's this? What's this? Mm. Kind of like how Versio was to start. Yeah that's the imperial officer and then you know so it wasn't surprising for me it was just like i knew if anybody was going to be ready for any situation it would either be the commander who got them down there with smooth talk or gila oh, just yeah, because that's... of how she was like yeah. there's she is rigid she is imperial like she's ready for that yeah mm -hmm. And yeah, that part as well, the, the smooth talking with Bruce, that was something where I did appreciate that. I just, I get really tired of the trope where 
it's so obvious that the person is just pretending and acting mm -hmm. like the argument is swaying them. And the rest of the group is going, oh, my God, this is an outrage. Is he going to betray us? And it's like, guys, guys, you've known him for this long. Yeah. Can you not understand what acting is? Also, oh, no. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Man. I was going to say, Tessa Bruch, what do you guys think of his character? Like, I, I enjoyed that they kind of jump back and forth between him and then, like, him talking with Soren Keys and becoming the lieutenant commander second lieutenant commander for shadow wing where he you know is he doesn't want to be the commander because he's like i don't want to be in charge of everybody else's lives and he's like that's exactly what a commander needs to be because you want to be afraid for your friend for your night friend but your um your crew right you want to make sure that they make it out like in one piece and i was like that is soren keys and that is what he's doing and um in in the alphabet squadron book it talks about him wanting to like his way of being um, a commander was to go to the um, uh, his like cadet or not his cadets his his crew's tie fighters when they were partying and stuff like that, and he would just go and talk to you know some of the crew members while they're working on their ships and see what's going on with them. And this is an example of that, mm. which is really cool. I like that. I I thought it was great advice for a rebel to have. But I feel like just because of, and they go over this a lot, and you see it a lot, because of the turnover rate of TIE fighters, I feel like it's kind of cruel to be like, yes, I want you to be in charge of these men because you care about them. Get ready to replace them every two to three weeks. Right, yeah. It's just like, ooh, see, okay. <laughs> and that's why I took that a lot differently, where when he's like, oh, yeah, I know you care for your troops, you know, it's just like, no, I see it as he's the lone survivor, every time and because mm. of that people, one that the rumor it. started that was like oh you know he sacrifices his team so he can stay alive and it's just mm. like no you know the turnover rate i am just really lucky right now right and it's just like well we're gonna put you in charge of more people it's like dude no <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. now the rumors are gonna blow up like crazy so when he's doing all this stuff it's just like i'm keeping myself alive and if you guys stay alive too thank the maker if you don't mm. Well, the rumors are already there, so whatever. At that point, and that's why when he accepts it, it's like, ah, okay. Yeah, I just, see it. It's it, kind of like that because it's Big Daddy O who likes to come around and say pat the team on the back. It's like mm. you can't really say no to this guy. So yeah. it's just like, all right, if you say so, sure. But and he because he keeps bringing it up, and even when that target practice, when he's slipping on purpose, just to be like, ah, oh, see, yeah, I'm trash. No, see, I'm just really lucky. Then it's just like, oh, wait, no, you want me to be serious? Okay, and just dead, just hits it right in the bullseye. And it's just like, yeah, no, I know what I'm doing. It's just like, I got to put on this act constantly. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it feels like when it's just like, it's, he's a reluctant leader at that point. To me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And because and, that was kind of the other thing I thought when he's talking with Soren Keys is I was just, one of the first thoughts I had was, so you're just kind of setting him up for PTSD at this point. with Because, you know, you yeah, because, you know, even in uh, Alphabet Squadron, right, we get Nash realizing that all of all of the people he wants to kill are dead. And then he even thinks to himself, like, oh, yeah, seven months is a really long life expectancy for a TIE fighter pilot. Exactly. And it's like, oh, OK, how long has Bruce been in charge of this wing then? Because I'm amazed he's not falling apart more at, at all these, you know, all these people that are probably dying. True. Especially what Shadow Wing has been going through. Like, if he's mm. I won't be surprised if he's still there. I will actually laugh. And just be like, yeah, your luck is atrociously amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but if if he's not, then you, it's something you expect, right? And everybody goes back and says, like, yeah, nobody's here now. Mm. These are all cadets. 
or something. Yeah, we got like yeah, the two and... the two new cadets, Rack and Bonsu. They're yeah who who are introduced so quickly we barely get time to develop a personality for them yeah it yeah but that was also something that that definitely kind of disappointed me i mean i get it they're they're setting up the the full lore for shadow wing but i was expecting to at least finish this series and be like oh okay now i know who blink and char are exactly those guys yeah and and nothing yeah i don't we have no call signs or anything yeah yeah, I was waiting for them to start. Well, see, they wouldn't know each other as Blink and Char, though, is the thing, right? I think it's because true. that's what that's what Will was calling. Yeah, them. I think Ganem mm-hmm. is nicknames. Blink for sure, only because of oh, yeah. what happened with Zin and like who Zin was and what he knew about her. We, oh, how, you, you we'll mean how see, angry, he was? right? <laughs> yeah, we'll I think see. I think yeah. that would be him because he seems like the most sympathetic out of all of them, as far as like you know what I mean. Like he just has that. I don't know. See, but I or, could see Bruce doing that at the same time, too, just to cut tension mm-hmm. on his side as well. Yeah, um, the commander? I don't know. Yeah, if anybody was going to talk on an open comm without being worried about repercussion, I, I think it would be the commander rather than anybody else in that squad because they would either just get shot when they go right back, right? The commander sure. would at least get time to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, this is all before that. Yeah. They yeah, haven't even made it to that yeah. nebula too. So again, these guys could be all the ones that are dead that Tenzin's talking about. It's true. It's it's really weird. It's really tough. This the whole time I thought it was gonna line up really more closer, mm-hmm. I guess, to the book events. Yeah, because this is but... this is pre Operation Cinder. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we get a scene with Quell later on, which is after this series, I guess, because she's part of the two oh fourth when cinder happens mm-hmm. just, the timeline in this is really weird well and that's the weird thing because they present it as a flashback but you're it's right flash she's for- not it has of... to be a flash forward yeah it's it's yeah i don't know unless she's part like, of a different squadron at that time yeah or, or yeah it's a different part of shadow squad maybe she's directly under soren and you know bruce isn't mm. but yeah it's very it's very kind of yeah all over the place yeah, what were you gonna say no, I'm good. No, I, I said my piece. Um, yeah, there's not much else to cover in this book. Like, not a lot happened. I mean, we had a big fight with a uh, Star Destroyer and uh, Quasar, and <laughs> then the Quasar explodes. Like, that was yeah. kind of cool, I guess. Like, visually, it was cool, but I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, see, with five issues, like this, this, this series is uh, it's closed in and of itself mm. like you don't have to look anywhere else for anything like this treat this as a prequel to alphabet squadron if you want um and just add it to that and keep going from there but if not and you just read this on its own you've got everything you need there it's it's concise it's there it's a fun story it's, in itself i guess yeah. like if you weren't expecting something out of this and you just picked it up you're like oh this is kind of cool mm-hmm. i think you'd be disappointed to find out that there is nothing else yeah in the comic realm for this so far um because it doesn't leave off on a cliffhanger or anything it just is like yeah here it is okay bye mm. like there there was one other thing where i wasn't sure if it was an easter egg or not i like to believe it is but right at the beginning of the book when they're starting when they're doing their first space battle oh yeah they uh they say to execute the fell swoop and i was like ooh. Sinter fell. We gonna get a reference to Sinter. Oh, that's it. All right, bye. <laughs> I thought it was like a pre-capturing the banther or whatever, hurting the banther or whatever. You know what the the maneuver? 
where they have to like oh, get the person yeah. and get the coordinates. I think it was, I felt like it was a, a pre version of that, but I do That's like fair. your Actually, idea too. Yeah, because Dan, do you know who Sunterfell is? I have an armada against you, so of course I know who Sunterfell is. Yeah, right. So, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Sunterfell is a, a Legends character, and his whole shtick was that back when they expanded a little bit more on, on Han Solo's backstory, uh, basically he was, when he was in the Imperial Academy and training to be a pilot, uh, Sunterfell was his rival. And they were basically both the best pilots in the Academy at that time. And, you know, Han obviously goes off to do his own rebel thing. And then Sunterfell just becomes this Imperial ace who then just becomes this legendary kind of mm -hmm. uh, figure. And then it turns out he's also a noble. And then we get Baron Fell and this whole thing. But, yeah, the Fells were, were really important for a long time. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, that, was, that was a little thing where I was like, oh, cool. Legend stuff, please. No, you're just going to say it and leave. Okay. Uh, Did they spell it with F-E-L or F-E-L-L? Oh, that's a good point. I'm not sure. His last name is F-E-L, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just one L. But yeah, there wasn't a lot in this book to get excited about, I feel. Like, just the art for me was, like, the, the big thing. Um, yeah, I don't think I have much else to say on it. If you want <laughs> Imperial, if you want Imperial, if you want TIE Fighters, if you want Space Battle, yeah, mm -hmm. pick it up. If none oh, yeah. of those interest you hard pass on this entire series yeah <laughs> yeah i would say so all right so i think that about wraps up our spoiler discussion now let's head into the rankings for the rankings of this i think all of our scores are going to be around the same thing but yeah let's start with you dan um yeah i'm actually going to change it here yeah, so I gave this one a six because it really didn't really didn't do much at all in the grand scheme of things or giving us any more backstory for Alphabet Squadron series. Like that's what I thought it was gonna give us. Like I thought it was gonna just give us the opposite perspective of like Pandem Nye and mm. uh, all these other places that we saw in Alphabet Squadron, but uh, we didn't get any of that. And we don't know who any of these people are in terms of what they are in uh like shadow wing is in the books so it's just like i don't see what the tie-in here was about you know like it was a big events thing that they were you know in 2019 when they're bringing these out they're like yeah this is like really cool and everybody you know there's a big series that's coming out it's called tie fighter and it's gonna be the other side of the you know alphabet squadron it's gonna be great and i'm like but it it wasn't great it was all right which is why i gave it a six like the only thing keeping it above a five for me is the art like it it really okay. fell short a lot of it and like maybe Soren Keys and Quell being in it because I was like there there's something I see it <laughs> there's something there yeah the small connections yeah and I was like I would love to have seen in this like in spoilers for Alphabet Squadron at the end where you know Quell and Soren are on um Necronus and like he's talking to her like if that end if this if that scene ended on this book like series this comic series mm. and was the final c scene I feel like that would have been a lot more uh, heavy and a lot better of a tie-in than what we got at the end of this. Mm. Like, I would have loved yeah, well, to have seen more with Quell. And it would have felt more natural, right? Because it's right. one of those... It's like Rogue One. It loops back into the beginning of the main story. Exactly. Because it felt it like this was like, yeah, it ties in really well. And you're like, yeah, with TIE Fighters it does. But that's it. That's the only <laughs> tie that's like tying in here. Like, mm. You know what I mean? But that, no, yeah, I think that's fair. I give it a six. Makes sense. 
Ed, how about you? <laughs> See, I, I kind of have all the opposite reactions to Dan <laughs> in this one. Um, because, uh, and it's not a negative thing in any way. It's just more so, this is what I, we've been spoiled for the last five, six years from this, like, here's a thing and here's supplementary that you need to have because it wasn't all explained in the media. (laughs) Fair enough. Right? And so we've had so many of those that that feels natural now, where when we get a book that's just a book for the sake of having more, it's looked upon as what the hell is this? And why? Where it's just like, why are you mad about having more? This is a good thing. This is the things you want. This is somebody coming up with an idea and saying, hey, why don't we add more to the characters? And like, why don't we give Shadowing a history? Why don't we give them a thing? You can get a little sneak peek, but think about everything you just said with everything with Soren Keys and all that. It was just in the book and it was fully explained. Why do you need to see it again? It's just, it's just printed at that point, right? Instead, we get more. And we see where the motivations for whatever they're saying in Alphabet Squadron came from. And these are the experiences that made them. We can see now why Quell is so messed up in her head. And that when she thinks back to things, look at how she was with Squadrons here. She she wasn't friendly per se, but she knew people. She could talk to people. Now Mm. you can see that she could actually put faces to people when she's blowing up ships and everything like that. And she's saying about how easy it is and how like she's just turned her up. Like this book was great supplementary without telling you it's supplementary it's just bonus and that mm. was the best thing for it. i still gave it a seven only because it's five issues they could have yeah. done a whole thing with this and then gave us alphabet squadron and then you would just read it cover to cover because then it would all flow into each other that way and you'd have one story that's a setup the next story that's actually the start and then your continuing ones but that's and that you don't need more because you don't need anything explained because everything's explained. But when you look at the movies and stuff like that, it's just like, oh, well, what's all that about? What are the Knights of Ren about? Oh, we'll read the book and you'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. No, the book should just give me more on the Knights of Ren. We know what they're about. We've watched the movie. Do we you know what they're about? Exactly. Don't. We don't. <laughs> Go read the book because you have to. Yeah, yeah. This is a, hey, if you enjoyed that and want more, there's a book that's just more. And this is one of the first times I've seen it in the last few years, and that's why I'm so happy with it. It's only five issues, and I've been harping on that, but you know what? It's five issues of extra that we didn't that we didn't need, but it's just like here. And that's a positive thing, and we need to see more of that. Maybe the next one will be 10 issues. Maybe the next one will be a full run. Who knows? But this was a good start. This is something to build upon. Do not go away from this. Stop giving us Band-Aids. Explain mm-hmm. yourself fully and then give us a supplement. That's it. Yeah. One point no, I just wanted that's... to... Sorry? I just wanted to go off of some of Ed's points there. The The first one was... The only reason I was disappointed with this, that like it didn't have a lot of supplemental um, information on the book, is because that's how they presented it. It's kind of like the the Eidenversio effect, I guess, where they're like, yeah, it's this one you. thing, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can't yeah, wait to get into an this imp- one yeah. thing. And then play it's... Play is an Imperial. Yeah, it's like... Okay, yeah. It's well, like, see- get into Shadow Squadron, but like, I'm in here, what's happening? Nothing? Great. I feel <laughs> fucking amazing right now. Like, no, like, I was just like, okay, what are Fair these? Fair enough. 
You know what I mean? See, I went in, I went to it in blind, just thinking like, okay, we're gonna get more about right. this stuff, and that was just it. I I went in expecting more, and I wasn't disappointed. But if you had told me, just like, yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, you know, this is Blink, and this is this, and this and this, and then we don't get that. Yeah, that'd be negative for sure. I'd be like, yeah, what the hell is this? Because you go in expecting all this, you know? Oh yeah, no, we're gonna see this person and this person, and not to not get that is just yeah. aggravating. Because we don't even know if this Shadow Squadron is a Shadow Squadron that's in Alphabet Squadron at all. Yeah, because there's like a bunch of different squads remember there's fourth and fifth and right so we have no idea it's not just one unit yeah we have no idea which one it is and so with this it was really interesting like i I would have loved to have seen like a scene where you know it was the from the from the book where they're in that nebula and then will's talking on the comms but you see it from the tie pilot's perspective and you know who it is then you know what i mean Mm -hmm. then you get like that backstory a little bit where you're like okay that's the character now i care about this person because they are recurring and they are from the books that's where i'm like yeah. that's where the tie-in might might have made it a little bit more interesting for me yeah and i have nothing mm. against tie-ins like that would probably have been like issue 10 yeah and that's so? the thing with the yeah. timeline that like, they went that's on here what should that is the logical path at yeah. this point i find like you did really well for the setup it's great now you tie in yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have to be an insane like this is the moment. It's just like, you know, you show that part, right? Yeah. And then they go back to their ship and they figure stuff out and they have a talk or whatever. And then who knows? They might not meet up with each other again until Pandem Nye happens and then they're just like, Oh, that happened. Well now we're all splintered. Mm-hmm. Well, what's gonna happen next? And then lead into book two, right? And you can keep this series going that way and you can have these parallel running stories. I'd, that would be amazing. One more small point was when you said it should be like a longer series. I would agree with you and I wouldn't be as disappointed unless I know, which I do for a fact right now, that they've just finished the Alphabet Squadron trilogy with the last yeah. book and there is no other TIE Fighter uh, comic that's come out. That's There always could be, though. That's the thing. There could be. That's the thing. But because I feel like it's way fact, after the fact. Which is, which is still fine, yeah. right? Because it still falls into the realm of bonus. Yeah that's it bonus features your extras when you select that in your blu-ray menu or anything like that this is the stuff that shows up yeah it's not okay but you finished you finish alphabet trilogy but oh god what was this 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 find out in this thing that you gotta buy too like that's robbery that is highwaymanship and at least with this it's just like you know five years down the road for a celebration or something it's like hey Everybody loved Alphabet Squadron, so to celebrate the five-year anniversary, here's TIE Fighter that goes along with it, and it's fully done now. Yeah. I'd actually be excited to pick that up and read it. It's like, let's see the other perspective. And if you're not fresh on anything else and you're reading it from that side, be like, oh my god, that's where this happens and this happens. And that you you can picture the entire scene, because you know. Go ahead, Noma. Oh, yeah. I, I've also given it a 7 for <clears throat> a couple of the same reasons that Ed has, because... Yeah, when I finished this book, outside of the weird ending where I was like, wait, that's it? It was just, <laughs> no, I'm, I I need more. Just give me more things. Because it's the same thing you were saying, right? I was like, I need, I need this to connect to Alphabet Squadron. Because it really just, didn't. Yeah, you've given me a great prequel to the prequel. Yeah. But I need something more, right? But yeah, I mean, like you guys, like we've kind of covered at this point, the story's very kind of middle of the road. It, it's just, it's not bad, but it's very standard. The art is amazing, mm-hmm. and with most of the characters, it was just that thing where it's just, yeah, okay, cool. You've introduced these really neat concepts to me. I just, I need more things. I need them to be more fleshed out. Give me the equivalent scene that we get in Alphabet Squadron, where they're on the forest world, 
and they're just bonding and just talking and, you know, interacting. So I, I care more about them. So it's a great first stepping point. And the fact that you've now told me that there isn't a follow-up to this makes me just really as far as frustrated. I know, as far as I know, there's no, there's no follow-up to this. And I'm like, if they didn't put one out, I feel like they missed the boat because, mm. you know, Victory's Price just came out, which is the third uh, Alphabet Squadron book. And I don't, th- I don't think there's more. I think that's the final one, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if you're going to do something, like you would do it when the books are releasing, because that's what they did with the f- this first one, is they released it with the first mm. book. And uh, th- since they haven't, I just I don't I don't think they're going to revisit it because it's going to the, the hype's going to go away from my personal thoughts on like the book series so far. I don't know if a lot of people are going to reread it. I don't know if it has that re-readability. Um, it might. I've you know, I'm halfway through the second one at the moment, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think they just missed the boat, sadly. Yeah, you know, to go on that, I think I wouldn't listen to it again, but I'd read it again. Okay. Mm. Because that would definitely give me a different perspective. Like, I'm listening to it, and there are times when I'm just like, I'm barely paying attention. But I feel like I'd have a way different picture in my head reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, with continuation, I think where they threw but dropped the ball at the same time was with when we have book two coming up, Events that are going on in book two happen at the same time as Star Wars Squadrons. Mm. So when you when you have that, it's just like, okay, if everybody just diverted resources into that into making that story, well, we have a TIE squadron in that, in that story. We have a Rebel slash New Republic squadron in that story. And we still haven't explained how it meets up with Alphabet Squadron. Are we really going to go back all that way? So, no, let's give them squadrons. And then because Victory's Price is out now, we may get something that's just a tie into that or like an after. They gave us a before, before Alphabet Squadron. They might get into Pure Remnant after Victory's Price. Mm. And show you like, okay, it's like everything for the Jakku happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Or I guess it'll lead into Jakku maybe because I think that is the actual end end point where the mm. remnant tries to come together for that last final push, right? So up to there, and then if it leads into that, and the last members of Shadowing are in the Battle of Jakku and both blow up or something like that, like that would be, I don't know. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for our rankings. So let's head into the outro. To the end of this episode of Temple Archives. If you've stuck around this long, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. So, next episode's literature, we are going to be jumping back into a book, one we've been talking about, which is Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall, the second book in the trilogy. It, uh, we're going to be looking forward to that. I, I really want to see some more stuff with these characters now that we've gotten some, you know, now that we've really rounded out their characters from the first book. And this comic has kind of added something to it. I guess a little bit of Soren <laughs> Key's knowledge. And now I know what Erika Quo looks like. 
But yeah, it should be a good time. And if you've got any thoughts or comments or questions about this episode, we'd love to hear from you. And Dan, would you let the viewers know how they can get in contact with us? Yeah, the uh, the viewers or listeners can get in contact with us uh, over at voiceoftheforce.com, where we have our website and our episode posts on there. Um, so you can find all that. Sometimes we put up alternate episode images and titles. If, uh, if you're lucky to, to find those on there, you can comment on those on the website. You can find our shop there to buy t-shirts with our logo on it to support us. You can also email us over at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at voiceforcepod. Again, that's at voiceforcepod. Uh, make sure you retweet and repost our new episode tweets because it does help with growing our listener base by showing more people the podcast and growing uh, the, the conversation in the Star Wars community. And uh, if you do that, we will appreciate that. And if you send us an image of you, you know, reviewing or, you know, retweeting or reposting something, or if we see it, we'll definitely reply to you on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also listen, rate, review, and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. If you review us on there with five stars and a comment to help other people understand what you enjoyed about this podcast, that also was helpful. And if you send us a review, we will read it on the podcast. So there's no reason not to. Even if you hate us, give us five stars and tell us why you hated us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you can follow for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you, Dan. And with that being said, I think it's time to sign off. So from all of us here at Voice of the Force, thank you for listening and may the Force be with you. The story follows Shadow Squadron's five members as they run Shakira Nures, a.k.a. the Grandmother's operations, to aid in the destruction of the Rebel Alliance. However, Rebels aren't the 204th's only problem, as they have to deal with internal and external threats while trying to survive a desperate situation. Sorry. I'm like dying over here because you said Shakira. Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. Okay, let me do that again. All, all I'm, all I'm hearing is, or picturing, it's just like grandmother with like Shakira's face. Oh god, I don't want to. Oh see my like, god, body. Oh my god, it's, ah, it's Garza then at that point. Don't yeah, worry right. about it. I think I found our new, our <laughs> new uh, episode image. Major. They call her the grandmother, but why? All right. She's just Three, dancing on two, the fucking bridge. One. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was picturing. No fighting. Shakira, Shakira. I never really knew that she could dance like this. She make up her head when it's Miss Spanish. Come on, say, yeah, man.